Hello, this is Pastor John. Had a little problem. My tablet, it's not my tablet. YouTube has done something. I guess they've done some updates or something, and it's causing really big difficulties with my uh, tablet. I, I can't go live. Um, I'm incapable of going live on my tablet right now. Uh, so anyways, I hope that uh, this doesn't cause confusion with all my people. But uh, anyways, it says that I'm online uh, with this other stuff. God bless you. And um, I'm going to just have to go. This is, huh, God bless you all. Anyway, so I'm going to get on. I'm not going to rant because <laughs> I've got some complexities that happen here because of new stuff that happened with um, with YouTube, doing some new stuff. It's advancements, but it, it totally messed up my computer. So anyways, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this day. I pray that you'll keep the thoughts that you gave to me in my mind help me to communicate them. I thank you for um, helping us to just walk close with the Lord, helping us to know his voice, his His will in our lives. Help us not to follow our own interest or our own ambition. Help us not to listen to a stranger, but the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, Help us to be in, on time with you in this end times, Father. And uh, just thank you for that. I just thank you for bringing people in. And I think you're going to speak to people. You're going to encourage people. You're going to empower people. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Anyways, I was trying to go online. And it probably still says something about going online. But it's it, it's not my fault. It's uh, actually... YouTube has done some type of updates or something to their software. And um, yeah, so anyways, I tried going on and I'm getting, I'm just going to be able to look at scriptures here real quick. And this is what I'm doing here. So don't worry about it. I'm going to keep my face on you guys and get focused with you here in a second. Let me just pull my scriptures up because I had my scriptures on the other phone. And I was going to use my laptop, obviously, which is more high tech and, and nicer. And uh, but Obviously, I'm going to have to learn how to use that now, that new feature. This is going to kind of slow things down a little here in answering today, which I wanted to do is answer more questions and stuff. But, okay, I'm going to get into a couple things here. Okay, let me see if I can find my Bible here on this other computer real quick. Okay. Ooh, I don't know where I even have that Bible. There it is. Okay. All right. Um I have a practice that I do, and that practice is waiting on God. And I sit down, and, and, and I wait until I hear from God. I've waited long times, but the Lord will speak to me, and he'll speak to me by visions. I am not asleep. I am awake when these things happen. And so... I had several different experiences this morning, and I'm going to share, and just really using wisdom on how to share some of these experiences with you. Okay. And let me let me reiterate for some of you who have watched me uh, in this prophetic channel. Um, first place, I've had visions, and I'm going to explain this, and there's a reason I'm saying this. I've had bliz- visions of uh, uh, awake. I've had trances. And those are hard to explain at all because, in my opinion, you're not asleep in a trance. Uh, so I've had trances, and those are where the Lord takes you into them, trances, visions. 
dreams of the Lord visitations. And But let me clarify something. I have seen myself in heaven. Personally, myself, I've never been in heaven. Just make that clear. I want to make sure that you understand that. When I say I saw from the heavenlies with angels, I this was in a supernatural experience where I was brought up and I saw from the heavenly realm to the earth, but I was not in heaven. Um, and I would like to go there one of these times where I'm actually there. Um, the closest to being somewhere I've ever been and the, and the closest that I would have would have been in a transportation. But I want to clarify that, make sure that you miss, don't misunderstand me. It's hard to use the words because I realize if I say, I, you know, I, I, I've seen visions from heaven. What I mean is I've seen visions where I was in heaven with angels, but I haven't been. That's something I'd like to be, I'd like to do. I'd like to actually be caught up into heaven. I have not done that. I've had visions where I could, I could stretch it and say I was in heaven, but I, I was in the vision in heaven, but I knew that it was a vision. And I knew it was a supernatural experience and it was in heaven, but I knew that it was a real experience, but it, it was not, um, it, I was not seeing all of heaven and I, but I'm going to get into more things too as well. So anyways, so as I, there's a reason I'm saying this people, you need to follow this. Okay. I, I had, um, in the several visions that I had this morning, hello, God bless you, God bless you. Um, I, the different experiences I had this morning, I had several of them. Now, when I sit down and I pray, I get caught up in the spirit, and um, and I have sometimes I take off, and other times, um, but I'm always caught up. It's the only way I can explain it. And most, a lot of my experiences, I'm actually translated into the experience. And um, just helps you to understand kind of how I operate and how I move. Not, um, it, it doesn't have anything to do with me being anything or anything at all like that. And uh, so it's just, it's just explaining to you so you have an understanding of how the Lord works in my life. Okay, so it's, it's not, um, like I said, it's not a... Uh, yeah, that's the way to explain it. So I, I sit down. Okay, so this morning, I'm kicking it. I'm waiting on the Lord. I don't know how long I waited on the Lord, but I'm going to share not all of what I saw because not everything that I saw is for you. Okay, and let me give you some of this. And this is prophetic trading. Uh, SOP, uh, uh, standard operation procedure. It's a Navy SEAL term. Um, let me tell you something. Unless you've been given an assignment and have a mission, you're not to speak what you see. So the stuff that I had, it's not all for you. I'm only going to share what the Lord showed to me this morning that's relevant to the church, not things that are not relevant to the church or the body of Christ. But in the vision, it was like there were some brothers, maybe even some sisters. This is, this is really going to be hard to say because Visions are, are a little different. I just don't know how to explain it. But I hear sometimes vision, talking first, and then I go into a vision. This vision was a little different, and this is, has to do with Revelations 13, the two horns of the Antichrist in Revelations 2.13. Um, 
they were arguing, it seemed, as they were arguing, I think, and it's hard to say. It just, it's two people arguing and disagreeing about stuff. And then all of a sudden, I saw two horns rising, okay? And it was Revelations 13. Let me read it, verse 10. Actually, it's going to go down a little. We're starting in uh, Revelations 10. He leadeth into captivity. He that leadeth, it's, maybe it's better if I go like this. He that leadeth into captivity, he that killeth with the sword must be killed and with the sword. And he that, uh, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And behold, another beast comes out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. Okay. This has to do with the Antichrist. And this, what I saw was over the arguing about maybe eschatology or whatever, right? What I saw was the, this, this thing, I think it was kind of rising. I'm not sure if that's even correct, but it, it became over the head of that situation. And then it stood there or was held there. But it was foggy, fog all the way around it, as it seemed. But it's Revelations chapter 13 is that I had a vision of this morning. Um, I don't give times on visions. You know, people want to put times on things. I don't do that. I don't even know at 54 if all of what I prophesied and said is going to happen in my lifetime. I don't know, you know. Um you know, the apostles seemed to think Jesus was going to return right when they were alive. And they weren't false prophets. But I think I could learn from them that sometimes what we think might happen automatically may not. Um, however, however, um, my personal understanding of what God has spoken to me is that it is. That's what I'm going to say. That's my understanding. But we know in part, we see in part. And... Um, and this is a part of a vision, another vision I had for all of you that are out there that are prophetic. What I saw was John Paul Jackson, and he was, he was a, a good man of God, great prophet of God. He's passed away. But he represented a prophetic ministry in this vision that I had this morning of people with integrity. And in this vision, he was kind of dressed up kind of like a clown and he was on a game show and ordered one of those shows that you make money and that you play games to make money and the Lord showed me that he said to me that many today who tell people that they they can't have the anointing or they they can't move into what God wants them to move into unless they give into their ministry, this type of thing. These people have taken the prophetic and they've made it into a game show. So the Lord showed me. These people, you need to be careful how you handle the, the, uh, the prophetic. This is what the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me John Paul Jackson represented a true godly prophetic office. And so in this vision, I used him as how that there's people that are making merchandise of the prophetic for their own personal gain. And, and they go out and they like to act, they like to act more theatrical than's necessary. 
and and that is like you know who Charlton Heston was who played Moses we don't have to act like Moses when we prophesy we can just be ourselves okay and so they put on a good show and it's a game and it's a way to gain okay so and if you're one of those people that have a prophetic ministry and some will turn in here who have a prophetic ministry who are doing this guarantee it Somebody will go out to lots of people. Videos get seen by a lot of people. Be warned how you handle the prophetic. That's the word that the Lord gave me. And, and, and not to tickle people. That's right. Sounds doctrine. No more tickling ears. Keeping your in prayer. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. Amen. I agree. I agree. That's right. We got it. And that's what this is talking about, too. I would agree. So that their people are taking the office of the prophet. And I've had a lot of visitations like this where uh, different prophets have come to me. Now, understand something. Are they literally coming to me? That's a that's a whole nother subject. Um, that's not what I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even implying that. I'm implying that I had a vision and that these prophetic people in the visions represent those people, prophetic voices. Okay, so that's one thing that I saw. So, you know, how, put that into your pipe and smoke it. What does that mean um, that I have a vision of the two horned beast of the book of Revelations 13? Let me just look at some of your stuff. Okay, I wish I could see more of what's being said here, but I can't. But anyways, oh, I guess maybe I can. Amen. Amen. Some uh, some brother or sister saying that they got set for, set free from meth and heroin. Uh, my brother Matthews, uh, pray for you. <laughs> Amen. I'm walking in the spirit already. <laughs> but the Lord told me, yeah, that this is a message for the body of Christ, and that's something that I've had, like uh, John Paul Jackson, come before to me, and a couple different visions, three or four of them. I don't know. Um, because I, I liked his ministry and that I've always tried to, um, never exaggerate, only speak what I see, never speak any more than what I see. And I've had a lot of problems when I watch other prophetic ministries a lot of times, not a lot of them, but there are some and people follow them and I could feel the, the acting going on. I could feel the, Charlton Heston stuff going on. I could feel that some of what they were saying, I didn't believe my spirit witness to it. And so that's something that uh, the Lord's giving me to de- deliver to people. Be careful if you want to go in the prophetic, how you live. Uh, and and I saw some other things, but I'm not going to get into it um, because some people are not capable of some of the other stuff that I saw, to be honest. And God doesn't tell a prophet to say everything that he saw. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you everything that I saw, but I'll just say be very careful. Some people are very, uh, yeah, amen. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna get into some other thoughts right now. Hold on, uh, let me turn my screen back on. It kind of died down here. Hold on, guys, just one second. I don't know what the deal is with um, with uh, what they did there with YouTube, but I want you to go with me if you can to. Um, 
to Romans. I'm going to talk out of Romans today. Every time the Lord, uh, not every time, but a lot of times I get this supernatural, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but a supernatural things that happen that keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do when I really uh, on, you know, have the message and I had it all written down. This happened it again today. But I'm going to give the devil, the, the loser, uh, any, any, any fill of victory. So anyways, I saw that. I saw that, uh, that the rise, I saw the, uh, a vision of the rise of the Antichrist. That's, and understand something. I'm going to tell something about just keeping things real with all you people out there. If you listen to my videos, first place, from the beginning of when I started until now, I'm not even the same person. My opinion about prophecy has changed. My, how I handle the prophetic has changed. How I look at myself has changed. How I look at others has changed in my experience. I'm not even the same person. And I'm growing in my own life. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff and have grown a lot. And one of the number one things that I, that I have focused on here is, um, my, you know, for a while I, I, I actually deleted like hundreds of videos that I had. And because the videos were commentary and they weren't what God called me to do. God gave, I had a supernatural experience and where I was told I need to start sharing the end times. And I have shared many times that all of my visions and all of my dreams, I do not understand them. And I would say that you need to test everything by Scripture and the Spirit. The more we go into the end times, it's more important that you test everything. So many of you don't test things, and you need to. I do not believe that every vision that I get is from the Lord and every dream that I get is from the Lord or everything that I hear is from the Lord. I've learned how to sort those out through time, but I'm still not perfect. There is one perfect, that's Jesus Christ and the Word of God. So for me, I say that. Now, that's that's a little different from what a lot of prophets say. They say, this is the Word of the Lord no matter what. Now, I know there's times where it's so clear you, you have to say that, actually. I've had times where I said, the Lord told me no matter what, this is going to happen. But there's other times you don't. But on the prophetic, you feel challenged to not say, because people tell you, well, just what is it? You know, say it. Say it. Is it going to happen? It's not going to happen. And they they really try to put you under a pressure like that. And so then you can commit to say, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen. And the Lord has never told you that. And so if you watch me, I, I, I've mentioned this a lot of times, that my understanding of the prophetic is like Paul said, those who prophesy, See and prophesy in part. I, I do not, I, understanding the prophetic, in other words, if you understand the prophetic as I do, I understand the prophetic is not what a lot of people see and believe. They believe it's 100% understanding, 100% prophecy. I believe what Paul said. Okay? I don't believe that about prophecy. I know that it said Samuel, not a word he said, fell to the ground. What, why, does, why is that in the Bible? Because even the prophets of God missed it sometime in the Old Testament. And so that's why it says that. All right. And so the reality is I put myself out there to be accountable to other people and say, look, I prophesy, but I don't know everything. And I want to put that out there all the time and that my words to be are need to be judged. Now, I'm going to change the subject here. A lot of times I give a prophecy, which are from visions that I have when I'm awake and people tell me, well, dude, that's your opinion. I don't like your opinion. This has nothing to do with my opinion. 
when I have a, a, a vision, I'm just, I'm seeing something in a vision. It has nothing to do with the way that I think about theologically whatsoever. I'm awake and I start having visions. I write them down and then I go and do my program. It's got nothing to do with how I, what I think. Okay. It has to do with whatever I receive. I'm sharing and I tell you to be wise and to pray and to, and seek the Lord. That's what I say. Okay. Anyways, changing gears on this a little. Uh, brothers and sisters out there and just bear with me as unpack this because obviously the enemy doesn't want me to be online because he really he did his tactics kept me off my nice uh, computer where I can see all of your uh, comments all all the time keep on making them I see them a little but I can't do that right now so I want to talk to you about some things here uh, that are important one of the things I want to talk to you about is that you know if a person purposefully, willfully, intentionally lives an ungodly life, then they are not of God. Okay? Now, having said that, this is the word we really get. The word is practice, and that's really what we're talking about there. Having said that, those who practice purposefully, intentionally, righteousness are of God. Now, this may be a little confusing, or this is where people get confused between the law and faith, and they don't understand it. And so, because they don't understand the law, and they don't understand what, the, what faith is, the gospel message, they don't understand it, a lot of times they get into a legalism that does not help them grow in grace. And the only way a Christian can grow in is, is in grace. And so what happens is, though I teach and believe a Christian can fall away, and absolutely they can, I understand that the only way we can grow grow is by grace, and not under the law, as some would like to put you under the law. These people are wrong. You cannot grow under the law. Now, what am I saying? I'm going to talk from Romans 4. What shall we say from our Father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found, if Abraham Justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed, believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Now, in this scripture, and I've, I've read it in the Greek, and I taught Greek and all that as a pastor, Okay, in the Greek, it's it's saying that God imputes righteousness to people who are not perfect. That's what it says, and it says uses the word ungodly. Okay, now, but we know that Paul talks about how Timothy, you have there's a sincere faith, Timothy. You have a sincere faith. So if there's a sincere faith, then there's an insincere faith. Okay, an insincere faith is taking the grace of God and using it to purposely, willfully, intentionally sin. Okay, that's not real faith. So therefore, it's not saving faith. Okay, but Abraham was not a perfect man, but God saw him as righteous. And it was a credit to him by faith. You must understand that. Okay, that is a New Testament teaching. If you go to the law to find your righteousness, you who do that, are literally crucifying Christ afresh in a sense. Because in, in Galatians, and I'll quote by heart, 
where he says, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and yet not I, but Christ who lives in me, and the life that I now live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God. If righteousness came by the law, then Christ has died in vain. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Some of you frustrate the grace of God when you look to your own abilities completely to save yourself. You, you, you look to the law instead of looking to Christ. And this is a problem. Because if, if you're doing that, you can go to the verse yourself, but it's in sec, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I think it's verse 56, it says, um, where is thy sting, O law? And then it says, but the power of sin is the law. The, when you look to the law, you're making a mistake. The power of sin is the law. Don't look to the law, look to Christ. Okay, I'm going to read on here in Romans. This is New Testament. Amen. Uh, verse, um, chapter four is where I've been reading from chapter four, verses one, two, three, and four I've read, um, plus five. Now I'm reading verse, uh, verse six. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are, uh, are forgiven, and whose sins are covered, blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Okay, so this imputed righteousness, I'm going to go real quickly here. This imputed righteousness is by faith. It's not by the law, people. Now, I shared how the Lord took me out of my body and brought me into hell, and how that he told me that he told me that Calvinism is a false doctrine. Those who follow it will not enter the kingdom of God. That's true. But he didn't tell me. Now, the answer is you go into the law. That's not what he told me. Okay. That, and anybody who's teaching you that doesn't even understand the gospel. Okay. They don't, they don't even get it. I don't know why I'm not getting into where I want to go here. It's not letting me do this. But anyways, hallelujah. Be patient with me. And one of these days we'll get there. I'm trying to go to Romans. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Romans three. All right. Romans 3, if you read the whole thing, but I'm just going to get in starting in verse 19. Okay, starting with verse 19. Okay, let's see this here. Now we know that whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now I'm going to tell you something. Do you guys know? That the church, I, I studied for 10 years in that period of time, the early Christianity, the scholars of early Christianity. Early Christians believe when you die, you go to heaven. They didn't believe in soul sleep. I don't believe in that. Did you know that Ellen G. White is the one who created soul sleep? Did you know that? So, listen, old Christian, early Christianity, people didn't believe in that. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's what Christians believed. Okay. And uh, many historical things about that. So the point is that that's what the Word of God teaches. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Ellen G. White, okay, a false prophet who said there is no hell, made up many false heresies. Other people who have actually, some sister, I forget who has, she had a vision of hell that she saw Ellen G. White there. The Lord said, because you told people that they were under the law, something like you told people they were under the law and they had to keep the Sabbath. Listen, this meeting's on uh, Saturday, but Paul, the apostle, 
to the Galatians, said, look it, don't let anybody judge you with new moon or Sabbath. We are justified by faith. We're justified by faith. Though so be very careful. Okay, let's read on from verse 19. Now we know that whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. If you want to be under the law, you must be perfect. James says if you who are under the law, you must be perfect. Because if you break one commandment, you're guilty of every single thing. And reality is, nobody, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 19, can be saved by looking to the law. We can only be saved by looking to what Christ has done. God bless you, brother and sisters in Christ. Amen. Uh, hello, family. Amen. What's up? Amen. God bless you. Um, not sure if I can see all everybody's names here, but amen. All right. God bless you all out there. Amen. Okay. Yeah, soul sleep is, anyway, soul sleep is a teaching that the Jehovah Witnesses actually came up, the history of it, I studied it. Ellen G. White came up with it. And guess who else teaches soul sleep? Jehovah Witnesses. And uh, if you, if you study, did a study, Jehovah Witnesses and Ellen G. White, that, which is the seven day Adventist, which say that the mark of the beast is, 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 uh, not, not worshiping on the Saturday, which which means that the Seventh Day Adventists are all going to line up to get the mark of the beast because they don't believe that the mark of the beast. They believe it's it's worshiping on Sunday. Now that's not true, okay. And I understand that the Sabbath is Saturday, and I think that's fine to worship that way. But historians, early Christians, say that the the Christians worshipped on the first day of the week because it was the day that Jesus resurrected, okay. And a lot of people might want to disagree with that, but it's, there's no evidence of that. Okay, I'm going to just go onward here, though. Okay. Um, but the righteousness of God, but the righteousness of God, verse uh, 21, but the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets, they verify that there's a new type of righteousness which comes by faith in Jesus Christ. And that's the, that's, that is what you, and listen, when you have sincere faith, you're not going to use that, you're not going to use that as a license to sin because that's insincere faith. And it's faith that justifies, and it's sincere faith. And like I said, using common sense, we see that Paul says, you know, that the, the sincere faith, Timothy, that would, I think, believe that you have sincere faith that was like in your Aunt Eunice and your mother, la, 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 right? So we know he's saying, so there's, if there's insincere, there's sincere. If there's sincere, there's insincere. So we know that. So you can have faith that is not sincere. Okay. I did have a vision where the Lord took me into hell. It was, an, it was a supernatural experience. I don't know if it was a vision. Um, I saw Christ walk through the actual door. Um, it, 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 uh, it was, it was seemed to be awake completely. And he, he walked towards me. He was like light major, just like, like, kind of like John talks about in the revelation, no way else to put it. And, and I went and saw Hill and he, he, he warned me about people in the end times is what he was sharing. The, the, the whole thing that he shared with me is, is, was very small, but what the warning was about false doctrine of that you can live however you want to and go to heaven. That's turning God's grace as a license of sin. That's purposefully. This is where these people don't understand some things. Okay. The word iniquity 
literally means it, it, it literally in the Hebrew means uh, it's talking about a rebel, somebody who purposely, willfully rebels against God's law. That's what iniquity is. Okay. A uh, worker of iniquity is the word work means breathe. Okay. It means people who actually are breathing, they're working at iniquity. Evildoers, the same idea, they're evildoers. That's what they're committed to. Okay. Um, so this is the word that we're talking about, iniquity. Sin and iniquity are two different things. Sin is the missing of the mark. Iniquity is being a rebel against the law of God. That's what a worker of iniquity is. And, and all of the workers of iniquity do not fear God. All of the workers of iniquity are, love unrighteousness. And so we need to make sure as, as that we understand that, that perfection is not a condition for salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ is, which will cause our actions to change as we pursue God. Even though sometimes we may not see the change as visibly as we'd like to, we do change and we're changed from glory to glory while we're under grace. But if you keep on returning to the law as your salvation and as your master and you forsake Christ and you look to to the law, then obviously you're not going to go far in sanctification. Okay, I've shared a lot about how that word do not live under fear. Why? When you fear, what are you doing? You're not living in faith. So if you fear the devil or you fear you're going to stumble or you fear you're this, or you fear you're that, or you feel you don't have what you, ha- you can do, you, what it takes. All these fears are doubt. And, and God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So when you're doing that, you're operating, okay, on the negative, uh, you know, black matter of Satan instead of the spirit of God when you live in fear. You're not to fear. You gotta overcome fear. Now sometimes trying to overcome fear, you start fearing that you're having fear or you start, you know, you start being obsessed with, oh, I'm trying to keep that fear out of me or whatever. We don't, you don't want to do that. Okay. Don't, I, I, li- I, I try to practice, and I'll use that word practice, a life of living without fear. But the way I do that is, is I, I, I try to cultivate resting in the Lord, resting in what Jesus Christ has done. Okay. You can't be double minded about what Christ has done. Okay. You can't be double minded about what Christ has done. And what do I mean? The, what is the gospel? What Paul is teaching right here. Sorry, my computer's not going on. <laughs> Sorry keep myself here. Where's that button? Okay. All right. So the point is that what is the gospel? Well, John said, he that believeth has everlasting life. Well, Paul is giving a little more revelation, but it's in total agreement with that. He's saying, look it, it's by faith we're justified. It's by faith that we have God's righteousness. God actually accredits us his righteousness, even though we are imperfect. Okay. And so this is how salvation happens and how it works. All right. So I'm a little drink of this tea real quick here. And people would make merchandise of you and try to, and you can really feel pretty self-righteous, you know, can't you? You can feel pretty self-righteous when you're uh, getting an all to that, all into that legal religious and stuff and trying to act like you're a born-again Christian and you know you want to accept and embrace Christ but you want to worship and, and, and receive glory in the flesh for all your little law-keeping stuff that you do you know really 
um, there's a lot of self-glorification and, and narcissism in there. But I'm going to tell you, people who actually trust in the law to save you, you're not even born again. You were born again, but you've fallen from grace. According to Galatians, the person who wants to be justified by the law has fallen from grace. You've actually fallen from grace. And that literally in the Greek means you've fallen away. You fell away from the pure faith of trusting in Christ to save you, and now you've turned to the law to save you, and you're trusting in the law to save you, and you're no longer saved, is what Paul is saying. Some of you, that's right. So yeah, I'm still teaching you can fall away, but you can fall away in a different way that you realize by trying to save yourself. Our only hope for heaven is Jesus, people. Our only hope for for sanctification and change is is Jesus. That's why I'm saying you should not have fear in your life. Why? Because fear is the opposite of faith. Okay? And we need to have faith in Jesus. Okay? We need to have faith in Jesus. The other thing is I say, don't worry. That's another way they should look at. Don't worry. When you ask God to forgive you, you must settle that you are forgiven. Then you can move on from that. Okay? Then you can move on from there, right? And um, uh, Sister Lisa out there, just want to let, uh, not Lisa, but Sister Lopez out there, uh, last name was mine as well. Hey, listen, I'm not doing a lot on internet, uh, on the Facebook. Otherwise, I would try to, you know, help you and stuff out there. Didn't get back to you. But um, I'm just kind of staying. I haven't really, I, I post videos, but I actually post my videos from YouTube to Facebook. I don't actually go on Facebook. I don't necessarily go on Facebook. Okay, I can't remember anything that I've read or even seen on Facebook in so long. It's unbelievable. So it's not that I'm anti-Facebook. It's just not my focus. And I may someday do more, but I'm not. Right now, I am answering questions more than one day a week because I just answered my YouTube stuff. And I had something like maybe 55 uh, comments that I had to answer. I thought I could all do it on, on a Saturday. It's not possible. It's just too much work for me. So, anyways, let's go on, people, and a good Bible study here. Okay, let's go on here. Verse 20, uh, 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in the sight of the law. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, the Bible says that the law is the power of sin. If you understand what he's talking about in Romans 7, he's talking about when he tried serving God by looking to the law, it would knock him out and kill him. And David, in Psalms, I forget what Psalm it is right now, he talks about, he says that, he said, I called out to the Lord and he heard me. And then he said, and I was still and I waited on him. That's what it says. And it says, and he pulled me out of the miry clay. Now, what is this? As a theologian, as somebody who taught the Bible, uh, taught Hebrew, Greek, I want to get into what this is. This miry clay, okay, is a type of a quicksand. And the more that you resist it, the more that you are suffocated by it. But when a person stops fighting it, then actually someone can reach in and take them out. And he says that the Lord pulled me out of the miry clay, which means that David gave up on his struggle. The Bible says that it, it explains that the works of the flesh... The word flesh and all of that stuff has to do with being earthly. David struggled with the Lord. He realized that when he surrendered, stopped fighting in the flesh and stopped fighting with the flesh, 
he actually God delivered him. And Galatians, uh, and that is Romans 7, Paul is talking about the battle that we have when we try to fight the flesh with the flesh. The flesh profits nothing. It's by faith that we get the victory. And that is we must, we must believe that we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. We must believe that when we repent. And we must receive that by faith. If we do not, we will be unstable in all of our ways. I'll tell you this. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in emotions. Now, I believe our emotions need to be surrendered to God, but when they're not, I don't follow them. So, you may feel saved next. That's, I don't care who you are. You may feel saved one day and lost the next. If you determine your salvation on your feelings, you, you might feel like you're lost. But the next, very next day, you get up in the morning and the Lord speaks to you. And you're like, well, wow, I, what in the world? Well, because, because God doesn't, your salvation is by faith, not by feelings, not by emotions. Okay. So when I'm talking about faith, I'm not talking about a warm, tingly feeling. I'm talking about trust, something that's ethereal in a sense. And that's not totally natural, hard to explain in this matter world, but it's real. You trust God. You can't, you can't, I can't measure trust, but you trust God. And as you trust God, you're justified by faith and you're walking under the blood of Jesus Christ and you're a son and daughter of God. Okay. And you pursue righteousness. If you pursue unrighteousness as a lifestyle, then obviously you're not, you're turning the grace of God into a license to sin. Okay. And Jude one talks about that. He said, uh, Brother, I, I took all earnest to write unto you uh, to, that you should contend for the faith once and all delivered uh, to the saints, because certain men of old ordained unto this uh, condemnation have crept into the church unaware, turning the grace of God into a license to sin. Now, I quoted that whole thing. Why? Because it's written in my heart. Okay? He says, he says I've written, you know, I've taken all earnestness to write unto you, my brethren. This is Jude 1. To, con- to, to contend earnestly for the faith, what was once and all delivered to the saints. Because certain men have crept in unaware, uh, ordained to this damnation, turning the grace of God into a license to sin. Okay? God's grace isn't for you to sin. And they've been ordained of old to damnation, those who do that. So understand, taking the message of grace and faith and turning it into a license to sin, you end up being damned. Okay? And so... Justification is the life that we live as Christians. That's that's how how we are to do this thing. Hold on. Okay, that's how we're to do this thing is, is justification by faith. Sorry, guys. Uh, there you go. Let me go up here. Okay, so let's read on here. Okay. But now, verse 21, But now the righteousness of God is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe, for there is no difference. Okay? Hold on. Let's see if this is going to let me go to the next page. There we go. Next page. <laughs> uh, it's not going. Oh, it has went too far now. Okay. Okay. So, anyways. Okay. Now we're actually in four. Okay. Three. Okay. So. Anyway, so we see that we're justified by faith. This is important because many people have crept into the church these days, and there's two types of people. There's the Judaizers, Judaizers that have crept in the church today, trying to put you under the law, to like Ellen G. White, okay, who uh, was a liar and a false prophet, and who said that that 
when you die, that's it, man. And you're, ter- you're just in dust and that your spirit doesn't go to God, okay, which the Bible has taught ever through all, the Old Testament too, okay? Uh, it says in, in Ecclesiastic, Solomon says that the, there's a difference between a beast and a man. And he says that when the beast dies, it's it. He hits the dust. But he says, but a man, his spirit goes with God. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be, he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus, when the Pharisees and scribes asked him about a guy marrying, uh, or the, who, who, who would be the husband of a woman who married seven times? He said, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. He says, people will be like the angels in heaven who don't even get married. Now, he didn't say that angels couldn't get married or have physical relationships. Don't twist that. He said, he said, they're, they're, they are like the angels in heaven who don't do not. But the Bible talks about angels who didn't keep their first estate. Okay. And they were passed down. Okay. They didn't keep their first estate. Something changed about the way they were originally. Okay. But anyways, so the point is that hold on let me get a drink of tea here sorry (laughs) so he goes on and Jesus says this I didn't lose my thought Jesus said this he says but they're like the angels in heaven who don't get married he said you don't even know the scripture God is not the God of the dead. For he has said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, so you're a Pharisee and a scribe when you believe in soul sleep. You don't even know the scripture. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For he has said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those who die are in heaven, people. That's a fact. They are in heaven. Absolutely. Uh, the one of the words in the it, that's used a couple times, and a great scholar, uh, I, I remember uh, that uh, I read his book on that word sleep, it, it, that is used a couple times. It says rest. It's actually been twisted. The word literally means to cease from their own works. Okay, those who have entered the rest have ceased from their own works, and and the Lord told it says that they're going to rest a while, and that literally means to cease from their own works. But the Bible says they were crying out in heaven. Uh, they weren't they weren't dead they were crying out in heaven saying how long oh god righteous and true will you not avenge the blood of the saints well oh they should, they're dead they can't talk dead people don't talk people i am the god of abraham isaac and jacob he said we got to rest a while the word there means to cease from your own works and those i got this covered don't worry about it Okay, so Ellen G. White, unless you're Jehovah Witness, you don't you believe in that. Early Christians didn't. The Bible don't teach it. It's not in the Bible. It's just a false doctrine. Anyways, and it's a Jehovah Witness doctrine. Um, anyway, it's not a Christian doctrine. Hell is keeping the Sabbath or you go to hell or eating certain foods or you go to hell. It's a Jehovah Witness doctrine. It's got it, it's crept into the church today. But salvation is by the blood of Jesus Christ and faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That has how a man and a woman is saved. And, and for some of you, do I become your enemy because I preach Christ and him crucified? Because I say, look to Jesus to be saved? Because I say, do not trust in your own self, but in him? No, I shouldn't become your enemy. But some people will be my enemy because I preach the truth. When many, many would like to go ahead and tell you all of their 
little nonsense stuff. And I love them. Well, you're not under the laws of Christian. You're under Christ. And the word there, under, in the Greek, by the way, is a person who's taught the Greek, okay, is to mean to be under the agency. If you're under the agency, if you're under the agency of the law, then you will be judged by the law. Okay, what does that mean? Some of you don't even have an idea what it means. You think you can be under the law and, and yet sin and do what you're doing? No. If you're under the agency of the law, the minute you sin, you're condemned and you're going to hell. Because you're under its agency. And, and it's the agency of condemnation. But the, but the New Testament is the agency of life. And it's, we're under the agency of grace and mercy. So that if we fear the Lord, as he talks about in Romans, and we continue in the faith, Romans 11, he talks about you've been, you've been grafted in. And he said, don't be high-minded, but fear God. Okay, Romans 11. He says, you've been grafted in, Gentiles. So don't be high-minded, fear God. Because if God cut off his natural branch, he'll cut you off too. But if you continue in humility and the fear of the Lord, in faith, he says, but he says the fear of the Lord too. If you continue in the fear of the Lord, he said, you'll be saved. And he said, but, he said, but, Let's go there real quick, people. Let's go there. God bless you. Hold on. Okay. Let's go to... Let's see where it's putting me now. I haven't got there yet. Okay. It doesn't move as, as fast as I'd like it to move. Okay. All right. Let's see if I got it here. Oh, this thing is talking, actually. I turned it on volume. I didn't want to turn it on volume. I know how I did that. But anyways, I don't care. You guys can't hear that. Well, I hope you can't. Um, okay, yeah, it was plain. I didn't, I've got a Bible on my, my laptop, and it talks. I didn't even know that. Okay. All right. So let's see here. If I'm in the, I thought it was chapter 11. Maybe it's not chapter 11. I don't know what's going on. This doesn't seem like I'm in the right chapter, people. Hold on. It didn't put me in the right chapter. I'm not very good with computers and stuff. This is a this is a is my tablet. Okay, well I'm just quoting then. I can't again I, I can't I can't do that right now. But anyways. So you've got to go look at yourself to see that I'm right. Be a Berean Christian. Chapter 11 it is. My, my, my computer here is not letting me get into that, and I don't understand why that is. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. Chapter 11. Boom. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Chapter 11 of Romans. Let's be Berean Christians. Follow me with this. I'm going to hook this chart to my... my uh, to my phone real quickly here just so it doesn't go go out it's funny you know so many people are living in the dark ages they see somebody talking to a phone they don't even have a clue what they're doing but anyways oh okay anyways all right so let's let's go into here hebrews 11 all right let's see where he goes in here 
Okay. Verse 17. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. That's chapter 11, verse 17. Among them and with them partakers of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. If thou boast, the bear, uh, if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root, uh, root thee. Wilt thou say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in? Okay, actually went to the wrong place. How did I do that? Okay. Okay, here we go. Verse 20. Well, because of their unbelief, they were broken off. And thou stands by faith. How do you stand? Paul says, Romans chapter 1, verses 15, 16, 17. Try to quote them again. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is a power of God unto salvation, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. For herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is the gospel? It's faith in Jesus Christ. And it's the only thing that can save you, people. Nothing else. Not the law. Okay? I teach you can fall away. But I understand it's faith that is our anchor. And it's the blood that is the keeping power of God. And where you need to trust that and continue in the faith. Okay? It's not your feelings that save you. It's not your emotions that save you. It's what, it's the, it's what Christ did on the cross. And you're continually abiding in that. Okay? Pardon me. Okay. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare thee not. Okay? Saying to the Gentiles, look it, God cut off the Jews, because of unbelief, and he grafted you in because of faith. He says, be careful. If he didn't spare the natural Jews, he won't spare you either. You can fall away, obviously. Anybody that says different is a heretic. Okay? And, and, and a heretic is, is not a, a, a hairy tick. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay, verse, oh, verse 22. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Okay, there, behold, therefore, the goodness, like the mercy of God and the severity of God, the, 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 the severity of God. On, on them which fill severity, but towards thee, goodness, if conditional, thou continues in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. And he says, behold, look. At the goodness and the judgment of God is what he's saying. The severity of God. Behold, observe the goodness and the judgment of God. You were grafted in because of faith. You stand by faith. Be humble, not high-minded, lest God also cuts you off. It's faith that brought us in, and it's faith that will take us out. Hebrews 3. Don't let an evil heart of unbelief get in you, brothers, sisters, in departing from the living God. Yeah, we have to go that way too. We don't save ourselves, people. Our faith in Jesus saves us. We must continue. And look it. It says before Jesus Christ comes, he said, will I find faith on the earth? We know something. Teaching like this is really important. Why? Because Jesus knew that a lot of people were going to get into legalism. Okay. 
Jesus said, will I find faith on earth? Well, he's not going to find faith on the earth if you're trying to save yourself. And, 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 and Paul said that you've fallen from grace when you try to save yourself by works. Okay? And, and, and verse 23, And they, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Now, verse 20, I'm going to read again. That's chapter 11. Well, because of their unbelief, they were broken off. Hold on. <laughs> well, because of their unbelief, they were broken off. And thou stands by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Okay? Now, the fear of the Lord and faith can be combined together. Right? Thou stands by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Okay? So we have to continue in faith. Okay? I'm saying this. Because people will try to tell you that, that the law matters for a Christian to look to it. Oh, we're war fornicator, drunkard, adulterer, or murderer shall enter the kingdom of God. Okay? But that is those who that is those who are committed to this lifestyle. That's what he's talking about in John. Okay? That's what he's talking about. Iniquity is somebody who is literally in the Hebrew, means somebody who's a rebel, purposefully, intentionally rebelling against the laws of God. That's what he's talking about. Those who are lawless, they are lawbreakers, they are evildoers, they are, they are the workers of iniquity. That's what they're committed to. Okay? And those who are committed to righteousness. Okay? It is what you practice who you are. What you purposefully, intentionally, and willfully seek to pursue is who you are. Okay, and if you try to pursue wickedness, ungodliness, and unrighteousness while you seek to be uh, to per be justified by faith, that's wrong. But the reality is, if you fall short, that doesn't make you not saved. It's not my opinion. No, the Bible says Romans chapter four. He justifies the ungodly man by his faith. And he does not impute the, their sins, but imputes righteousness to those who believe. We just went through that, chapter 4. Okay, but are they purposely sinning? No, because the Bible, that would make you a worker of iniquity. And you're, if you're a worker of iniquity, you're not going to heaven. Okay, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man that are ordained of the Lord. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly uh, cast down. So, the steps of a righteous man, we've established he's righteous. The steps of a righteous man are ordained of the Lord. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. So just because you fall doesn't make you unrighteous. I didn't write the scriptures. A righteous man falls seven times, it says, and rises again. Okay, so what you practice, what you pursue, what you that is who you are. Don't let your heart deceive you. That you that if, and 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 hide unrighteousness, but I am not perfect, and I don't have never met anybody who is perfect. And those who sound, say that they are perfect are liars, because either you are dead, 
And I'm not just talking dead to self. You've got to be either dead or a liar to say you're perfect. Nobody was ever perfect except for Jesus. To this very day, I don't believe anyone has ever lived perfect. If anybody has, I don't, I've never heard of them. I've never met them. But perfection is not a condition for salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ is. A condition that, that, that the true salvation, true faith is I will pursue the Lord in fear. That's what it is. Like he, we, this is what Roman Paul the Apostle just said that. He said, understand the severity of God and the mercy of God. If you continue in faith, being humble and with the fear of the Lord, you'll continue in Christ. If you don't, you'll be cut off. That's what he says. That's what he says. Uh, I preach this because, because there's so much false doctrine out there going on that I don't know where it's coming from. Okay? And that's why I'm sharing this. There's so much false doctrine. Okay? And for me, why I keep it real and say, and, 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 and understand something. Like I said, first place, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you have been deceived by people. They pretend that they no longer sin at all. That's what they, they pretend that. These people are liars. I'm telling you. Paul the Apostle, unless they're, unless they're beyond Paul the Apostle, Paul said, he said, uh, he said, not as though I've already attained, neither were I already perfect. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind me. And I press towards the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ in, in God in Christ. My point is, in my experience of life, and you should try to seek to live a holy life. I believe in holiness. Without it, no man will see God. But many people pretend that they are sinless. And all they are is liars. They're just pretending. And in my experience from being a Christian at 15 years old and being 54, this type of men are the, the men that are committing adultery and other evil things. This is my experience in my life. You say, yes, they pretended very well. And people like they, I was Barlam Barely or whatever somebody said, he said something like a, a sucker is born every minute. Listen, people, you need to be wise. Aren't you mature by this time? These people are pretending things and selling you on stuff. And and the reality is that the Bible says, Paul in one scripture, he said, I write to you that you don't think of us above that you ought to. He says, me and Apollos. Go look it up yourself. Paul says, I've written this to you that you would not think of me or Apollos above that you ought to. A lot of people think of Paul the apostle above that he, you ought to. Paul said he wasn't perfect, but a lot of you think he was perfect. Paul said he wanted to get that prize, but he was not yet perfect. He may have got that prize and it may be attainable. But while he was writing the books that he wrote, he was not perfect. And his own, he said he wasn't perfect when he wrote those books. The Bible says we will be as he is when we, when we see him, because we'll see him as he is. We will be like him when we see him, because we'll see him as he is. We haven't seen him yet. Okay. The Bible says we're going to change from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. You're saying that there, you, you passed all the glory to glories? The Bible says the righteous are like the sun that shineth brighter and brighter until that perfect day. Are you at that perfect day? You just got to be, I'm just being critical about some things because I believe that you without holiness will not make heaven. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But I don't buy what people say because I've been a Christian since 15 years old. And I know that a bunch of people are liars. And, and the very people that preach certain things ended up getting exposed of many things. So I would prefer to say the truth. And that is, I am not perfect. And then when the Bible says Paul was a man of like passions, or that is that Elijah was a man of like passions, he is talking about those passions that we all struggle with. And when, when, when Paul said, there's no good thing in my flesh, he meant it. He wasn't talking symbolically or metaphorically. He meant it. There's no good thing in my flesh. Paul said that he meant it. Now, did Elijah walk after that? No, he would have been a mighty man. But, but all of us, all of us, I'm the only prophet, God. I'm the face of the earth. That's not a true. That's not true. There was 5,000 other prophets. A lot of times, let me get a drink here. A lot of times when we, we get used of God, we start thinking we're the only prophets that there is. God did. God was very graceful with Elijah and didn't rebuke him right on the spot. Elijah was not the only prophet that there was. God had many of them. So if you think you're special and unique, get over it. God has many out there, not just you. You're not the only voice there in the wilderness telling people to repent and live holy. You're not the only Christian that fears the Lord and believes in walking in righteousness. You're not the only person who preaches the word of God and truth and righteousness. And, and there is many churches on, and that are still around that preaches. Yes, there's more. Yes, probably the emerging churches that preach unrighteousness. But there's still many good churches. Don't be angry at the church. It's God's body. Even though some of them are in compromise, God still loves the saints that are in there. Do not hate the body of Christ. Pray for the body of Christ. Those that are living lukewarm as Laodicea, come out of them. But, but some of you have hatred towards the church because you've been hurt by the church. And because you've been hurt by the church, you've lost your judgment and your discernment. And you cannot discern between good and evil because you have bitter root judgment in your heart. And you judge everyone as wrong because you yourself have been injured. And so you cannot minister in the spirit of grace because you have bitter waters in you. So when you open your mouth and prophesy, only bitterness comes out. And you must repent of your bitter root judgment against the body of Christ. Pastors have hurt you. People in the church have done that. I forgot that. You've got to forgive them. You've got to release them. Okay? You do, don't call all of the church a prostitute. Don't say all of the church is a, the, a Babylon. Oh, come out, my people. I'm the only prophet left that preaches righteousness. Man, you need deliverance. It's the truth. You're on a trip. And everybody knows that that's around you. You're toxic, and it's, it's really unbearable, man. And people who are like that, we all know that. We, we get around people like that. We're like, whoa, the bitter root judgment. Man, that guy's mad at his pastors. He's mad at the church. He calls them the harlot and the whore constantly, says it's Babylon. Sure, there's a Babylonian church. Sure, there's, 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 there's the, the, the whore of Babylon. Sure, there's false churches. Absolutely. But everybody? Elijah. I'm the only prophet on earth. You are very high-minded. And like Paul said, we've written this to you that you would think about us right, me and Apollos. Paul said that there was no good thing in his flesh. He said he wasn't perfect. James said he wasn't perfect. 
James says, if any man can bridle his tongue, he's perfect. And he says, but we, we offended many things. James said he wasn't perfect. I'm definitely, I'm not perfect. But one thing I do is I'm, I'm pressing on, right, aren't I? Amen. Live holy, but be real. If you struggle, you need to admit it. You need to, if you struggle, if you sin, admit it and quit it. Okay. But if you want to have fellowship with me, Koinia, the only way you can have fellowship with me is if I say like this, watch this, Israel fellowship. Sometimes I have the wrong attitude. Sometimes I think the wrong things. Sometimes I say the wrong things. That's real koinia. That's the truth. I have not, I'm not afraid yet. That's koinia. What's not koinia is, I'm a mighty man of God. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Get out of it. That's not koinia. You're not having koinia with nobody. Okay? And, and then if you don't bring your walls down, relate to every one of us, you're not going to grow. And our wounds aren't going to be healed unless we forgive the body of Christ. Okay? A lot of you are held in, your wounds have not been healed. I'm going to just put it this way. Your wounds have not been healed because you have bitter waters from things that brothers and sisters and Lord have done to you. Business deals that went wrong. Pastors that, that messed you up. Church splits that, splits that happen. Ex-wife, ex-husband, people. And, you, and it's their body of Christ stuff. And you're carrying that. And because of that, and I know that's not all of you people, but I'm just sharing that for anybody who's here, okay? It'll keep you from your destiny in the kingdom, people. Okay, it'll keep you from your destiny in the kingdom. It'll keep you from it. That's why I'm sharing this, okay? We kind of go through here and look at these different things and people here. Hey, man, God bless you. Uh, amen, God bless you. My name is John, by the way. It's, it's not Joel, it's John, but amen, God bless you. Appreciate that. Uh, Rachel, God bless you. Welcome here. Amen. Amen, sister. Uh, Alicia, God bless you. Uh, blessings to everybody there, soldier of Christ. God bless you. Lily, God bless you. God bless you. Um, that's Matthew's wife. Um, spam me. God bless you. Um, amen. Uh, I'm just going to say Sister Lopez. I'm really bad at sometimes. Um, uh, uh, reading every, I just don't want to say a name wrong. What's up, Joel? Not much. It's not Joe. Joel, it's John. But anyway, that's all right. It's John. It's, it's Joel 228. That's the scripture from the Old Testament. I'm going to give, I'm going to pour out my spirit in the end times and people are going to receive visions and dreams. That's the name of the channel, Joel 228. It's a prophetic channel. So my name is not Joe. My name is actually, um, John. But actually, you could say my name is Joseph because my actual name is John Joseph because I was prophetically named that for uh, the calling God had upon me. And uh, that's, that's just because of the Lord, not because of me. Amen. Somebody's being honest. I appreciate you being honest. Somebody said they're struggling with lust. I appreciate you sharing that. Amen. You cannot have koinia with me 
or with the body of Christ if you can't share that. Now, all we need is Christians to get around this brother or this sister and jump on them like white on rights and beat them up because they've stumbled. Listen, or having a struggle. They didn't stumble. They're having a struggle. Oh, amen. Let's, we all pray for that, that, that one right there. Amen. And we just lift up uh, this one here who's saying they're having a struggles, Lord, with, with lust. We've, we've all at times struggled with that and to some degree in our life, God. And, and, and Jesus was perfect in this area. And you want us to be sober? about about our biology and about demon activity. And we need to be aware that these are two things and we need to understand that uh, we are not our body and that uh, that we're not the demons who throw things at us. We are a spirit. So we need to separate ourselves from that so we can understand temptation is not a sin. So we just bless this one. We rebuke any spirits of condemnation over them, any spirits of shame, and we speak the love of God upon them. Amen. Amen. We need to look at, thank you. That's, that's fellowshipping. That's being honest. Okay. That's being honest. Yes, I have victory in a lot of things. Amen. Praise God. But anything I have victory in, which is I'm not a complete victory. I, I mean, I have not arrived yet, but I've, I've got a lot of things, victory that are under my feet. Amen. But who put them up there? Anything, I'm going to say something. Any victory that I have, how did I get it? By the law? Some of you might think by the law. No, I did it through my faith in Jesus Christ. So where is the boasting then? If, if my righteousness is by the law, then I can boast. But if my righteousness of Christ, then I cannot boast. And if I'm changed by his spirit, then I cannot boast. But if I'm changed by myself, I can boast. But I'm not changed by myself. I'm changed by his spirit. Yes, he tells me to discipline myself. And to live a lifestyle of, of discipline, and that helps to stay on the path. Living disciplined in my mind, my spirit, and my body helps me stay on the path. But I'm justified by faith in Christ. Okay, so let's keep it real. So, so how can I boast then? If I have vision, how can I boast? Can any man receive anything that he's not given from God? And hasn't God put in the body certain members, prophets, teachers, evangelists, or all prophets? No. All teachers? No. All evangelists? No. All pastors? No. Okay, so then who am I to boast if I'm given a gift? A gift is something that you're given. You don't deserve it. It would be it would be merited if you deserved it. So if you have a gift and you think you are something, you don't you didn't merit it. So who are you that you think that you're something? And who are you that judge other brothers and sisters out there as Jesus Romans? It says if if your brother stumbles, he says for you to judge him. He is another man's servant. God said that. He says, to me, he will either stand or fall. Don't judge your brothers. Judge this, that we are to love one another. This is a New Testament commandment. Amen. Amen. That's right. Soul sleep is the teaching of the seven-day Adventists. It is, absolutely. Oh, you're an, you are a... Somebody here is a, is a former Jehovah Witness. Amen. Praise God that you came out of that. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Aaron. Um, Dan, God bless you. Amen. It's good to see all you here. It's good to see all you here. Alexandria, good to see you all here. Alexandria, good to see you. I didn't know that you were a former Jehovah Witness. Alexander, I, I said your name wrong. Alexander O. 
Alexandria. It's, it's I'm, I didn't say it right. Sorry. Amen. God bless you, Joseph, for being here. Amen. It's good to see a lot of you out, out there right now. Praise God. It encourages me. Tom, God bless you. Good to see you. Amen. Just put keeping it real, people. We need to have, if, if we're going to have fellowship, then you got to get rid of the all the nonsense. So sometimes that's why it's good for you to have meetings in houses and stuff. So you can just call it like it is. I remember I had a men's meeting like 20, 25 years ago. I know it's been many years ago. And I realized that that I had been thrown into a cast as a pastor. I pastored in several different churches, two of them on salary. I realized I was thrown into a cast. And the cast was that you had to try to represent that you were perfect and that this was actually hurting my life. And I also knew that other brothers were putting up a facade because they felt like if, if I acted spiritual, then they had to act spiritual. So nobody was pulling the walls down. So I set all the, I set all the men down in the ministry and we had a meeting. And I said, I raised my hand and said, I struggle with my thoughts. Who else? People didn't want to do it. I said, who else? One brother, two brothers, three brothers. Not that you're, I'm not talking losing the victory, but have you ever ever been? You know, I don't. I'm not like if I said I'm, I've got I've lost the victory. That's not true. I have more victory in my thought life than ever before. My question was: Who has ever struggled or has ever been attacked? Who has ever fallen in their thought life? Not one man there didn't raise his hands. I was at another meeting. And I was put in charge of a man that had fallen into pornography in the ministry. Elders put me in charge of, of mentoring him and helping him. Okay. So our first thing, I sit down and I say, okay, I start off with like the, 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 I say, who here has never had invading, involuntary, intrusive thoughts that are, you didn't want in your mind? The church was quiet. All men. And I, I said, Will will not go on with this meeting. This meeting will end right now. This is what these this were my these were my pastors, my deacons, my bishops. I said, we will not go on with this meeting any longer. You will admit the truth, or this meeting is over. My pastor was like, Whoa, throw me he could throw me out. It was actually the bishop. The bishop's like, I have thoughts that I don't want to have. They're intrusive thoughts. They're, uh, they're not invited. They're involuntary, but they come at me. I said, thank you very much. And we went around. Every brother said this. I said, okay, now, we're all on the same page. None of us are unique. Now, the difference is, how are you going to deal with those thoughts? Now that, we, now that we came out and spoke the truth and stopped walking in lies, when the Bible says if we have fellowship one with another, if we walk in the light, if we walk in the light, I'm not walking in the light if I don't say that the devil doesn't fire thoughts at me, and sometimes he's had victory there. I'm not walking in the light if I say that. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. Present tense, 
constantly, verb, cleanses us from all righteousness. So you can actually still fall short and be saved. What does it say? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, koinonia. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So in the light, we still fall short. That's what it says in the Greek. It says that the blood is constantly cleansing us from unrighteousness. But if you want to play games and say you've never been tempted and you've never stumbled, then you're hurting your other brothers and sisters that are around you. You're very self-righteous. And and you just because, and your pride is going to take you down. Because I'm going to tell you what keeps you walking is being honest and being humble. Okay? All that I stand, I stand in the grace of all God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. All that I am and all that I stand, I stand by the grace of God. All that I will be, I will be by the grace of God. All that he has for me is by the grace of God. I am nothing on my own. I am an earthen vessel. My feet are made of clay. I have like passions of other men. I am as human as anyone else. But I am standing. How am I standing? Not by myself, but by the grace of God. Who has done the work in me to enable me to stand? Christ. And if I, if I take my eyes off of him and look to the law or to myself, will I stand? If I take credit for who I am, then I will be puffed up with pride and I will fall. People, the church needs healing from lying spirits. Amen. Why, and I'm, why did I have to bring that situation out to the subject of that brother that was struggling with pornography? Why did I have to do that? Because I knew it was the only way he could get free from pornography. He had to understand that everybody struggles with thoughts coming at them at times and have battles there. But not everybody, because they learn wisdom, people who learn wisdom understand this is just a part of being human. It's a part of having a body. It's a part of it being demonic forces. And so when we, when we grow wisdom, we don't freak out. We realize, okay, that's not me. That's my body. The devil fires you at something at you. That's not me. That's the devil. I am a spirit. I resist and beat my body under subjection and I resist the devil. You, you can go on. I went on two different 40 day fasts. 40 day fasts don't get rid of your biology. You come off of the fast. You still have your biology. You must be sober-minded and understand, as a human being, you will be tempted. You do not have to give into temptation. That is a lie. As a human being, Satan will throw fiery darts at you. There is nothing you can do about it. He will do it. You are not guilty for those fiery darts. They are not from you. You shouldn't feel ashamed or embarrassed for having those fiery darts thrown at you. They're the devil. He's a dirty, evil creature. He's wicked to the core. He has evil thoughts. He throws them at other people, then accuses them of them. You must be aware of the tactics of Satan. Okay. I'm going in a place that you never heard a pastor go. Why? Because I will walk in the light. No liar will enter the kingdom of God. So I speak the truth because the, when the Bible says, speak the truth one to another in love, this is the place the body of Christ is not at. Many are wounded in the church and cannot receive healing because they are put, putting on a mask. Okay, I appreciate that brother heavily, that brother or sister who, who, who asked for prayer in this area. I appreciate that. That is koinonia. 
confess your faults one to another that you might be forgiven. But if you want to hide and pretend that you don't have any struggles to everybody, then how can you confess your faults and be forgiven? If you're going to live in the darkness and hide there, how are you going to be forgiven? I don't, it doesn't mean you have to go into details. We don't want to hear the details anyways. But we just want honesty, truth, that you're human, that you've made struggles, that you've fallen. If you're standing, say you're standing. Don't lie. I'm, I have a false humility. I am standing. I would lie if I said I was falling. It's not true. It would be false humility. Okay? If I told you that I am I'm not standing and that I don't have victory, then I would be a liar in order to make you happy. And this is hypocrisy. And it's false humility. The truth is I'm standing. But how am I standing? And who has made me standing? And by what am I standing? How am I standing? By faith. Who is making me standing? Christ. And by what am I standing? In his grace. And through what facility? The Spirit of God. So then who receives glory? Me? No. I'm a piece of dirt animated by God, saved by grace, committed many uh, evil iniquities within my life, even after being saved. My life has been and will have, it has been hallmarked by righteousness. That's a fact, though. My, the, the, the majority of my life in life review is righteousness. Righteousness. Have I fallen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what? Primarily, I can say that. And I'll look you in the eye and say it. That since my sojourning in faith till this day, the majority of my life, the main majority of my life has been righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness. That's how I've lived. Okay? It's the truth. And if I said different, I would be a liar. And I would be lying like a lie who say that they are perfect and have you believe they've never made any mistakes. And they have. Are we racing? Because I'm speaking us. I go, it's okay. I'm going to get off here. The reason is I got started a little late, so I went over a little because of my, my technical difficulties. I might go back on tonight if I feel led. But I just had this in my heart to talk about these subjects. I think it's very important. And you see, why are you talking about this stuff? Because you need to be healed because you're not real. And as long as you're hiding out and, and trying to cover it all up from those brothers and sisters that are wrong around you, you're never going to get the freedom that you can have. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. No, but I've gone to pastors in my life. I'm going to tell you some things in closing. I've gone to pastors in my life. I walked up to them when I myself had been a pastor and I walked up to their pastors and I said to them, man, you got to pray for me. They're like, what? Oh, my mind, it's being so attacked. you got to pray for me right now. And they're like, whoa, they prayed for me. And I walked away, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's good. I feel great. I, I, that happened to me several times in my life. I remember, I didn't try to fight the battle on my own. I remember, remember as a young kid, I was being attacked in my mind, didn't know what to do. So I'm like, what do I do? I ran and found some brothers. I said, you got to pray for me. I'm under such attack. The, the older brother took authority over it. He rebuked it, went away. Wasn't even me, by the way. It wasn't even me. He took authority over it. It was a spiritual battle. I didn't know how to fight it. And it left. Went away. Boom. Demons, it took off. It wasn't coming from me. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know where it was coming from. Brother, just pray for me. Left. You've got to learn how to do that on your own. If you resist the devil, he will flee. I don't care what devil it is, by the way. You've been deceived by saying that uh, that if you resist the devil, he's not going to leave because he's got some type of stronghold in your life. The devil, he will, he will leave if you resist him. Your non-sober thinking about life keeps you in bondage. When you say, if you resist the devil, he won't flee, then you make yourself special and different than the rest of us. You are not special and you're not different than the rest of us. You're high-minded and proud, and you have to repent of it. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. I don't care what your sin is, he will flee. I love you, but that's reality. Deal with it. Sorry. That's the way it is, okay? You resist the devil, he will flee. Your flesh. Paul said, there's no good thing in my flesh. Are you been trying to convince yourself there's good inside of your flesh? There's no good in your flesh. Okay, you need to accept that and recognize that. But you are a, not a human having a spiritual experience. You're a spirit having a human experience. You are not your body. It's your tent. Don't confuse your tent with who you are. It's not your identity. You're a new creation. You're not your brain. That is a computer. You are your mind. That is your consciousness. That is who you are. Your brain makes. Your brain controls your brain. Your mind controls your brain. Your consciousness controls your brain. Okay? Your brain may throw up some, some, some old signals. Don't identify with them. You are, you are not your brain. The devil may throw something at you. He's a liar and the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. Don't buy into it. Believe you are what the word of God says. This is all about faith. My message is not deviated. We're justified by faith. Believe you are forgiven. Believe you are cleansed. Believe you are a son. Believe you are a daughter. Believe your past is behind you. Believe you're not made out of any other cloth than the rest of us. That you struggle with those same things we all struggle with. And if we walk in the Spirit, then you can walk in the Spirit. If another man or woman has done it, then we all can. But we must get rid of the spirit of cowardice, murmuring, complaining, self-pity. Got to get rid of those spirits. Those are those are not warrior spirits. The, the, the spirit of pity crying and whining that is not a warrior spirit he that overcomes you're more than conquerors these are warrior terms okay those are warrior terms he that over he that overcomes that's a warrior term more than conquerors that's a warrior term put on the full armor of god that's a warrior term the bible paul says to endure hardship as a as a soldier of christ he says that in thessalonians that's that's spiritual toughness mindset. You need to have a, a spiritually tough mindset. Okay? See, I can't make it more than one or two meals fasting. You can go 40 days without eating. You won't die. You say, I, I can't sleep. I'm having such a horrible time sleeping. Navy SEALs go uh, only sleep four hours and 44 out, 40, wait a second, 64 hours. Navy SEALs only sleep four hours. You can't sleep? Get over it. Sleep when you can. I, I'm just telling Look it. Don't whine and don't cry. I love you. I love you. But if I love you, I am not going to let you live this way and just stay in depression and crying and whining. This is what killed the children of Israel, why they died in the desert. They whined and they cried and they moaned. We're living by faith. Faith is not living in fear. It's not living in worry. It's resting that you're forgiven. Believing that. When God forgives you, you must say, I forgive myself. Okay, I'm going to have a word of prayer for you all. 
Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I know I sometimes I'm hard on them. Help me to, to not be too hard on them. I don't want to cause any of them uh, any unnecessariness. Um, I know also, though I am called to be uh, a, a trainer, you told me, and that's I, I, I almost argued with you when you told me that. Because you see in us what we don't see in ourselves. And you told me you're a leader, you need to lead. So God, I thank you, God, that you helped me to speak, but not too hard. I, I want to speak life. I want to speak breath. I want to speak courage. And I know my brothers have been hurt. I know that my sister's been hurt. And I know the pain that they've been hurt by violation and different things. It really hurts. And I know it does. And I care really that it does. It has hurt them. But they can't live there in the ashes of rejection. They can't live there in the ashes of rebuke, of, of injury or wounds. They can't live there in the ashes of broken relationships. They cannot live there in the, in the ashes of betrayal. They cannot live in the ashes of the loss of a loved one. They can't live there. And God, if they're to be the kings and priests that they've been called to be, they've got to get out of those ashes. So, Lord, I just I just ask that you would encourage this troop that's come out, the troop that's come out, God, this army of the Lord that's come out, God, these soldiers of the Most High God who are totally equipped and qualified to do what you're called them to do. And the devil is afraid that they'll believe this. The devil is afraid that they will actually get what's being told. The devil is so afraid that they'll grab a hold of the truth that I'm preaching and they'll get inside of their spirit and change him because the devil knows that truth will set them free and that he's only got power over them with lies and he has no power over them whatsoever, only the power they give him and they only give it to him by lies. And that's it. But when the lies are exposed, then he's got to go. So, Lord, I pray that you would let your people see these truths, hear these truths. Know that they are loved. Know that you haven't given up on them. Know that you are with them. And they are going to overcome. They're going to conquer. They're going to be partakers of the heavenly realm in heaven. They're going to reign and rule with Christ. Jesus' name. All right, Pastor John, God bless you. I'm going to get off right now. I'm going to see if I can go live again tonight, maybe. Try to see if I can figure out how to use my my uh, laptop here. I'm using my phone instead today. Bought a nice high-tech laptop. Can't use it because uh, some technology problems with YouTube's updating stuff. So anyways, Pastor John, shalom. God bless you. Love you. Hey, please hit, um, uh, you know, go ahead and hit like. That gives it higher rankings. And um, also leave your comments. I appreciate that. If you subscribe, uh, please hit the bell. If you haven't hit the bell and subscribed, then you won't get notifications. So that way you know, because sometimes if I feel led of the Lord, I'll just go live any day of the week. Whenever I get a feel like the Lord's speaking to me, I'll just get up and share something. Okay, so that's that's about all I have to say today. This is Pastor John. This is Channel Joel 228.